Here's a Lotus Skin Anderson's podcast, and it's the 20th of November 2022. The time is 19.20, and it is Sunday. Now today we're going to keep on where we left off. We have come to chapter number 37 in Genesis. Jacob continued to dwell in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the history of Jacob. Sorry, this is the history of Jacob. When Joseph was 17 years old, the young man was tending the flock with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Silpah, the wives of his father. And Joseph brought a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his other sons, because he was the son of his old age, and he had a special robe made for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they began to hate him, and they could not speak peaceably to him. Later Joseph had a dream and told it to his brothers, and they found further reasons to hate him. He said to them, Please listen to this dream that I had. There we were binding shivers in the middle of the field, where my shiv got up and stood erect, and your sheaves encircled and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, Are you really going to make yourself king over us and dominate us? So they found another reason to hate him, because of his dreams and what he said. After that he had still another dream, and he related it to his brothers. I have had another dream. This time the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. Then he related it to his father as well as his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is the meaning of this dream of yours? Am I as well as your mother and your brothers really going to come and bow down to the earth to you? And his brothers grew jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in his mind. Kept the saying in mind. His brothers now went to pasture, their father's flock near Shechem. Israel later said to Joseph, Your brothers are tending flocks near Shechem, are they not? Come and let me send you to them. At this he said to, to him, I am ready. So he said to him, Go please and see whether your brothers are well. See how the flock is, and bring word back to me. With that, he sent him away from the valley of Hebron, and he went on towards Sikkim. Later a man found him as he was wandering in the field. The man asked him, What are you looking for? To this he said, I am looking for my brothers. Please tell me where are they tending the flock? The man continued, They have pulled away from here, for I, I heard them say, Let us go to Dotan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dotan. Now they caught sight of his him from a distance, and before he reached them they began plotting against him to put him to death. So they said to one another, Look, here comes that dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and pitch him into one of the water pits, and we will say that a vicious wild animal devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from them, so he said, Let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Do not shed blood. Throw him into this water pit in the wilderness, but do not harm him. His purpose was to rescue him from them in order to return him to his father. 
So as soon as Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his robe, the special robe that he wore, and they took him and threw him into the water pit. At the time the pit was empty, there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat. When they looked up, there was a caravan of Ismailites coming from Gilead. Their camels were carrying labdeum gum, balsam, and resinous bark, and they were on their way down to Egypt. At this, Judah said to his brothers, What profit would there be if we killed our brother and covered over his blood? Come now, let us sell him to the Ismailites, and do not let our hand be upon him. After all, he is our brother, our flesh. So they listened to their brother. And when the Midianites merchants were passing by, they lifted Joseph up out of the water pit and sold him to the Ismailites for twenty pieces of silver. These men took Joseph into Egypt. Later, when Reuben returned to the water pit and saw that Joseph was not in the water pit, he ripped his garment apart. When he returned to his brothers, he exclaimed, The child is gone. What am, what, and I, what am I going to do? So they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a male goat and dipped the robe in the blood. After that, they sent a special robe to their father and said, This is what we found. Please examine whether this is your son's robe or not. Then he examined it and exclaimed, It is my son's robe. A vicious wild animal must have devoured him. Joseph is surely torn to pieces. With that, Jacob ripped his garment apart and put sackcloth around his waist and mourned his son for many days. And all his sons and all his daughters kept trying to comfort him, but he kept refusing to take comfort, saying, I will go down into the grave mourning my son. And his father continued weeping for him. Now the Midianites sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, a court official of Pharaoh and the chief of the guard. Chapter number 38 About that time Judah left his brothers and pitched his tent near a Adunamite name, man named Hira. There Judah saw the daughter of Satan, Satan Canadite, named Shuha. So he took her and had relations with her, and she became pregnant. Later she bore a son, and he named him Ira. Again she became pregnant and bore a son, and he named him Onan. Yet again she bore a son and named him Sheila. He was in Asip when she bore him. In time Judah took a wife for Ir, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Ir, Judah's firstborn, was displeasing was displeasing to Jehovah, so Jehovah put him to death. But Er, Judah's firstborn, was displeasing to Jehovah, so Jehovah put him to death. In view of that, Judah said to Onan, Have relations with your brother's wife and perform brother-in-law marriage with her and raise up offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the offspring would not be considered his, so when he did have relations with his brother's wife, he wasted his semen on the ground so as not to give offspring to his brother. What he did was bad in the eyes of Jehovah, so he also put him to death. Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, 
Dwell as a widow in the house of your father until my son Sheila grows up, for he said to himself, He too may die like his brothers. So Tamar went and stayed in her own father's house. Some time passed, and Judah's wife, the daughter of Shua, died. Judah kept the mourning period, and then he went to his sheepherders in Timnah with his companion Hira the Adulamite. Tamar was told, Here, here your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. With that, she removed her widow's clothing and wheeled herself and covered herself with a shawl and sat down at the entrance of Enium, which is on the road to Timnah. For she saw that Sheila had grown up, and yet she had not been given to him as a wife. When Judah caught sight of her, <clears throat> he at once took her for a prostitute because she had covered her face. So he turned aside to her by the road and said, Allow me please to have relations with you, for he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. However, she said, What will you give me that you may have relations with me? To this he said, I will send a young goat from my herd. But she said, Will you give a security until you send it? He continued, What security should I give you? To which she said, Your seal ring and your cord and your rod that is in your hand. Then he gave them to her and had relations with her, and she became pregnant by him. After that she got up and went away and removed her shell and clothed herself with her widow's clothing. And Judah sent the young goat by the hand of his companions, the Adonite, to get back the security from the hands of the woman. But he never found her. He inquired of the men of her place, saying, Where is that temple prostitute in Inium along the road? But they said, No temple prostitute has ever been in this place. Finally <coughs> he returned to Judah and said, I never found her. And besides, the men of the place said, No temple prostitute has ever been in this place. So Judah said, Let her take them for herself in order that we may not fall into contempt. At any rate, I have sent this young goat, but you never found her. However, about three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has acted as a prostitute, and she is also pregnant by her prostitution. At that, Judah said, Bring her out and let her be burned. As she was being brought out, she sent word to her father-in-law, I am pregnant by the man to whom these belongings. Then she said, Then she added, Please examine to whom these belong, the seal ring and the cord and the rod. Then Judah examined them and said, She is more righteous than I am, because I did not give her to Sheila my son. And he had no further sexual relations with her after that. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twins in her womb. As he was giving birth, one put out his hand, and the midwife immediately took a scarlet thread and tied it around his hand, saying, This one came out first. But as soon as he drew back his hand, his brother came out, and she exclaimed, What a breath you have made for yourself! What a breach you have made for yourself! So he named him Peres. Afterwards his brother came out, 
around whose hand the scarlet thread was tied, and he was named Sira. Chapter number 39 Now Joseph was taken down to Egypt, and an Egyptian named Potiphar, a court official of Pharaoh and chief of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. But Jehovah was with Joseph. As a result, he became successful and was put over the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that Jehovah was with him, and that Jehovah was making everything that he did successful. Joseph kept finding favor in his eyes, and he became his personal assistant or attendant. So he appointed him over his house, and he put him in charge of all that was his. From the time he appointed him over his house and in charge of all that was his, Jehovah kept blessing the house of the Egyptian because of Joseph, and Jehovah's blessing came to be on all that he had in the house and in the field. He eventually left everything that was his in Joseph's care, and he gave no thought to anything except the food he was eating. Moreover, Joseph grew to be well-built and handsome. Now, after these things, the wife of his master began to cast her eyes on Joseph and say, Lie down with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Here my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has entrusted everything he has into my care. There is no one greater in this house than I am, and he has not withheld from me anything of all except you, because you are his wife. So how could I commit this great badness and actually sin against God? So day after day she spoke to Joseph, but he never consented to lie with her or to remain with her. But on one of the days when he went into the house to do his work, none of the household servants were in the house. Then she grabbed hold of him by his garment and said, Lie down with me. But he left his garment in her hand and flew outside. As soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she began to cry out to the men of the house and to say to them, Look, he brought, he brought to us this Hebrew man to make us a laughingstock. He came to me to lie down with me. But I began to cry out at the top of my voice. Then, as soon as he heard me raising my voice and screaming, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. After that, she laid his garment beside her until his master, uh, his master, came to his house. Then she told him the same thing, saying, "The Hebrew servant, whom you brought to us, came to me to make me a laughingstock. But as soon as I raised my voice and began to scream," He left his garment beside me and fled outside. As soon as his master heard the word, his wife spoke to him, saying, These are the things your servant did to me. His anger blazed. So Joseph's master took him and gave him over to the prison, the place where the prisoners of the kings were kept under arrest, and he remained there in the prison. But Jehovah continued with Joseph and kept showing loyal love to him and granting his favor in the eyes of the chief officer of the prison, so the chief officer of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners in the prison and everything that they were doing there. He was the one having it done. The chief officer of the prison was looking after absolutely nothing that was in Joseph's care, for Jehovah was with Joseph, and Jehovah made whatever he did successful.
chapter number 40. After these things, the chief cupbearer of the king of Egypt and the chief baker sinned against their lord, the king of Egypt. So Pharaoh grew indignant of his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he committed them to the jail of the house of the chief of the guard, to the place where Joseph was a prisoner. Then the chief of the guard assigned Joseph to be with them and to take care of them, and they remained in jail for some time. The cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in prison, each had a dream on the same night, and each dream had its own interpretation. The next morning, when Joseph came in and saw them, they looked dejected. So he asked the officer of Pharaoh who were in custode with him in his master's house, Why are your faces gloomy today? At this they said to him, We each had a dream, but there is no interpreter with us. Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God. Relate it to me, please. So the chief cupbearer related his dream to Joseph, saying to him, In my dream there was a wine before me, and on the wine there was three twigs, and as it was sprouting sprouts, uh, sprouting shots, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and squeezed them out into Pharaoh's cup. After that I put the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is its, its interpretation. The three twigs that three twigs are three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will bring you out, restoring you to your office, and you will put Pharaoh's cup into his hand as you did before when you were his cupbearer. Nevertheless, you must remember me when things go well with you. Please show me loyal love and mention me to Pharaoh in order to get me out of this place. I was in fact kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and I have not done anything here for which they should put me in prison. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had interpreted something good, he said to him, I too was in my dream, and three, and there were three baskets of white bread on my head, and in the top baskets there were all sorts of baked goods for Pharaoh and there were birds eating them out of the baskets on top of my head. Then Joseph answered, This is is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. Three days from now Pharaoh will behead you, and will hang you on a stake, and the birds will eat your flesh from you. Now the three days was Pharaoh's birthday, and he made a feast for all his servants, and he brought out both the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his servants. And he returned the chief cupbearer to his post of cupbearer, and he continued to hand the cup to Pharaoh. But he hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had interpreted to him. However, the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He kept forgetting him. Chapter number 41 At the end of the two full years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile River, and there coming up from the river were seven fine-looking fat cows, and they were feeding on the Nile grass. There were seven other cows that looked ugly and thin comparing up to them after them from the Nile, 
and they stood alongside the fat cows by the bank of the Nile. Then the ugly, thin cows began to eat up the seven fine-looking fat cows. At this, Pharaoh woke up. Then he went back to sleep and had a second dream. There were seven ears of grain coming up on one stalk, full of full and choice, and growing up after them were seven ears of grain that were thin and scorched by the east wind, and the thin ear of the grain began to swallow up the seven full and choice ears of grain. At this Pharaoh woke up and related and realized that it was a dream. But in the morning his spirit began agitated, so he sent for all the magic-practicing priests of Egypt and all her wise men. Pharaoh related his dream to them, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. At that the chief cupbearer spoke with Pharaoh, saying, I am confessing my sins toward today. I am confessing my sin today. Pharaoh was indicted as his servant, so he committed me to the jail of the house of the chief of the guard, both me and the chief baker. After that, we each had a dream on the same night. He and I each had a dream with its own interpretation. And there with us was a young Hebrew man, a servant of the chief of the guard. When we related them to him, he interpreted for us the meaning of each dream. It happened exactly as he had interpreted to us. I was restored to my office, but the other man was hanged. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and they brought him quickly from the prison. He shaved and changed his clothes and went in to Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, but there is no one to interpret it. Now <clears throat> I have heard it said about you that you can hear a dream and interpret it. At this Joseph answered Pharaoh, I need not be considered. God will speak concerning Pharaoh's welfare. Pharaoh went on to say to Joseph, In my dream I was standing on the bank of the Nile River, and there coming up from the Nile were seven fine-looking fat cows, and they began to feed on the Nile grass. And there were seven other cows coming up after them, poor and very bad-looking and thin. I have never seen such bad-looking cows in all the den of Egypt. And the skinny bad cows began to eat up the first seven cows, But when they had consumed them, no one could have known that they had done so, since their appearance was just as bad as at the start. At that I woke up. After that I saw in my dream seven ears of grain coming up on one stalk, full and choice. Going up after them were seven ears of shibboleth grain, thin and scorched by the east wind. Then the thin ear of grain began to swallow up the seven choice ears of grain, So I told it to the magical magic practicing priest, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh are one and the same. The true God has told to Pharaoh what he will do. The seven good cows are seven years. Likewise, the seven good ears of grain are seven years. The dreams are one and the same. The seven skinny and bad cows that come up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears of grain scorched by the east wind will prove to be seven years of famine. This is just as I told the Pharaoh. The true God has caused Pharaoh to see what he will do. There are to be seven years of great abundance in all the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will certainly arise after them and all the abundance in the land of Egypt will certainly be forgotten. 
and the famine will exhaust the land. And previous abundance in the land will not be remembered because of the famine afterwards, but it will be very severe. The dream was given twice to Pharaoh because the matter has been firmly established by the true God, and the true God will soon carry it out. So let Pharaoh look for a man who is discreet and wise and place him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh take action and appoint overseers in the land, and he should collect one-fifth of the produce of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. And let them collect all the food during these coming good years. And let them stockpile grain under Pharaoh's authority as food to be stored in the cities and safeguard there. The food should serve as a supply for the land for the seven years of famine that will occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish in the famine. This proposal seemed good to Pharaoh and all his servants. So Pharaoh said to his servant, Can another man be found like this one in whom there is the Spirit of God? Pharaoh then said to Joseph, Since God has caused you to know all of this, there is no one as discreet and wise as you. You will personally be over my house, and all my people will obey you implicitly. Only in my role as king will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh added to Joseph, See, I am putting you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his own hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him with garment of fine linen and placed a necklace of gold around his neck. Moreover, he had him ride in the second chariot of honor that he had, and they would call out ahead of him, Avich. Thus he put him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh further said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your author- authorization no man may do a single thing in all the land of Egypt. After that, Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Saphet-Nachpaniah and gave him Asinat, the daughter of Potipera, the priest of On, as a wife, and Joseph began to oversee the land of Egypt. Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, Then Joseph went out from before Pharaoh and traveled throughout all the land of Egypt. And during the seven years of abundance, the land went on producing plentiful, and he kept collecting all the food of the seven years from the land of Egypt, and he would stockpile the food in the cities. In each city he would store the food from the field around it. Joseph continued stockpiling grain in very great quantities, like the sands of the sea, until finally they gave up measuring it because it could not be measured. Before the years of the famine arrived, two sons were born to Joseph, whom Asenat, the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On, bore to him. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and all the house of my father. And he named the second one Ephraim, For he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Then the seven years of abundance in the land of Egypt ended, and the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph has said. The famine developed in all the land, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. Eventually all the land of Egypt suffered from the famine, and the people began to cry to Pharaoh for bread. Then Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. 
The famine continued over all the surface of the earth, that Joseph began to open up all the graninets that were among them, and to sell to the Egyptians, as the famine had a strong grip on the land of Egypt. Moreover, people of all the earth came to Egypt to buy from Joseph, because the famine had a strong grip on all the earth. Chapter number 42 When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you not just keep Why do you just keep looking at one another? He added, I've heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us, so that we may stay alive and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with his other brothers, for he said perhaps a fatal accident may befall him. So Israel's sons came along with the others who were coming to buy, because the famine had extended to the land of Canaan. Joseph was the man in authority over the land, and he was the one who sold grain to all the people of the earth. So Joseph's brothers came and bowed low to him with their faces to the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he immediately recognized them, but he concealed his identity from them. So he spoke harshly with them and said, Where have you come from? To which they said, From the land of Canaan, to buy food. Thus Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Joseph immediately remembered the dream that he had dreamt about them, and he said to them, You are spies. You have come to see the vulnerable areas of the land. Then they said to him, No, my lord, but your servant have come to buy food. We are all sons of but one man. We are upright men. Your servants do not act as spies. But he said to them, Not so, you have come to see the vulnerable areas of the land. At this they said, Your servant are twelve brothers. We are the sons of but one man in the land of Canaan, and the youngest is now with our father, whereas the other ones is no more. However, Joseph said to them, It is just as I said to you, You are spies, by this you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place until your youngest brother come here. Uh, comes here. Send one of you to bring your brother while you remain in bondage. In this way, your words may be tested out to see if you are telling the truth. And if not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. With that, he put them together in custody for three days. Joseph said to them on the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are upright, let one of your brothers remain in bondage in your house of custody, but the rest of you may go and take grain to alleviate the famine in your household. Then bring your youngest brother to me, so that your word will be found trustworthy, and you will not die, and they will do so. And they did so. <coughs> and they said to one another, We are surely being punished on account of our brother, because we saw his distress when he begged us to show compassion, but we did not listen. That is why this distress has come upon us. Then Reuben answered them, Did I not say to you, Do not sin against the child, but you would not listen? Now his blood is certainly being asked back. But they did not know that Joseph understood, for there was an interpreter between them. So he turned away from them and began to weep. 
When he returned and spoke to them again, he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Joseph then gave the command to fill up their bags with grain and to return each man's money to his own sack and to give the possession for the journey. This was done for them. So they loaded their grain on their donkeys and left from there. When one of them opened his sack to give father to his donkey at the lodging place, he saw his money there in the month, month of his bag. And as he said to his brothers, My money has been returned, and now here it is in my bag. Then their hearts sank and trembled. They turned to one another and said, What is this that God has done to us? When they came to Jacob, their father in the land of Canaan, they told him all the things that had befallen them, saying, The man who is the lord of the country spoke harshly with us and accused us of spying on the country. But he said to him, We are upright men, we are not spies. We are twelve brothers, the sons of our father. One is no more, and the youngest is now with our father in the land of Canaan. But the man who is the lord of the country said to us, By this I will know that you are upright. Leave one of your brothers with me. <clears throat> then take something to alleviate the famine in your household and go. And bring your youngest brother to me, so that I may know that you are not spies but upright men. I will then give your brother back to you, and you may carry on trade in the land. As they were emptying their sacks, here was each one's bag of money in his sack. When they and their father saw that their bags of money, they began, and then they became, they became afraid. Jacob, their father, explained, exclaimed to them, It is I you have bereaved. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more, and you are going to take Benjamin. It is upon me, it is open upon me that all these things have come. But Reuben said to his father, You may put to death my own two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Give him over to my care, and I will return him to you. However, he said, My son will not go down with you, because his brother is dead and he alone is left. If a fatal accident should befall befall him on the journey, you would make then you would certainly bring down my grey hairs to the grave in grief. Chapter number forty three. Now the famine was severe in the land. So when they had finished eating the grain that they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, Return and buy a little food for us. Then Judah said to him, The man clearly warned us, You must not see my face again unless your brother is with you. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy food for you. But if you do not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, You must not see my face again unless your brother is with you. And Israel asked, Why did you have to bring this trouble on me by telling the man that you had another brother? They replied, The man directly inquired concerning us and our relatives, saying, Is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? And we told him these facts. How could we possibly know that he would say, Bring your brother down? You then urged Israel his father. Send the boy with me, and let us go on our way, so that we may live and not die. We and you and your we 
and you and our children. I will be a guarantee for his safety. You may hold me responsible. If I fail to return him to you and present him to you, I will have sinned against you for all time. But if we had not delayed, we could have been three. We could have been there and back twice by now. But if we had not delayed, we could have been there and back twice by now. So Israel, their father, said to them, "If I must be, so, if it must be so, then do this." Take the finest produce of the land in your bag and carry them down to the man as a gift. A little balsam, a little honey, labdanium, resin and bark, pistachio nuts and almonds. Take double the money with you and also take back the money that was returned in the month of your bags. Maybe it was a mistake. Take your brother and go. Return to the man. May God Almighty grant you pity from the man, so that he may release to you your other brothers and Benjamin. But as for me, I, if I must be bereaved, I will be bereaved. So the men took this gift, and they took double the money in their hands and Benjamin. Then they rose and went on their way down to Egypt, and again stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he at once said to the man who was over his house, "Take the men to the house and slaughter animals, and prepare the meal for the men are to eat with me at noon." Immediately the man did just as Joseph had said, and he took them to Joseph's house. But the men became became afraid when they were taken to Joseph's house, and they began to say. It is because of the money that was returned in our bags the last time that we are being brought here. Now they will attack us and make us slaves and take our donkeys. So they approached the man who was over Joseph's house and spoke to him at the entrance of the house. They said, "Pardon us, my lord. We did come down uh, the first time to buy food." But when we arrived at our locking place and began opening our bags, why, here was the money of each one in the mouth of his bag, our money in full weight. So we would like to return it personally, and we have brought more money to buy food. We do not know who placed our money in our bags. Then he said, "It is all right. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father put treasures in your bags. Your money came first to me. After that, he brought our." Brought out Simeon to them. Then the man brought them into Joseph's house and gave them water for washing their feet, and he gave fodder for their donkeys. And they prepared the gift for Joseph coming at noon, for they had heard that they were going to eat a meal there. When Joseph went into the house, they brought their gift to him into the house and prostrated themselves to him to the ground. After this, he inquired about their welfare and said. How is your aged father, of whom you have spoken? Is he still alive? To this they said, Your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. Then they bowed down and prostrated themselves. When he looked up and saw Benjamin, his brother, the son of his mother, he said, Is this young brother the youngest one of whom you have spoken to me? He added, May God show you his favor, my son. Joseph then hurried. Out, because he was overcome with emotion for his brother, and he looked for a place to weep. So he went into a private room and gave way to tears there. 
After that he washed his face and went out, now in control of himself, and he said, Serve the meal. They served him by himself, and them by themselves, and the Egyptians with him ate by themselves, for the Egyptians could not eat a meal with the Hebrews, because that is that is a detestable thing to the Egyptians. The brothers were seated before him, the firstborn according to his right as firstborn, and the youngest according to his youth, and they kept looking at one another in amazement. He kept sending portions of food from his table to there, but he increased Benjamin's portions five times the size of the portions of all the others, so they continued banqueting and drinking with him to the full. So this is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It is the 20th of November 2022. The time is 20.08 and it is Sunday. Bye.